What's going on, everybody? Ha ha hi. We are back at it again. Yeah. Dark Windows Podcast, episode number 109. I am Kevin. You had to look that up. I have you? to look it up because we've done so many, I can't remember what fucking number we're on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Kevin, too. Yeah. No, no, no. Not really Kevin, too, but, you know. I'm, I'm Kevin, also. I'm Kevin, as That's well. a weird last name. I know. <laughs> can't so, help what my parents name me. Well, it's not technically their choice if your last name was also. Sure. What would be a real dick move is if, like, your dad's name was, like, I don't know, like, Dave or something. Your last name was also, and he named you Dave. Yeah. Like, I'm Dave also, and this is my son, Dave, also. (laughs) Your middle name's a comma. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, we kind of mentioned it at the tail end of last week, what we're going to do this week. Yes. We are going to do another episode of Badasses, because we know that you folks like that. Yeah. But this time... It's ladies' night. Yes. It's ladies' night. It's raining men, baby. <laughs> no. It was women that sang that. Okay, It's yeah, about, yeah. like, just all kinds of dong everywhere, apparently. I don't know. Okay. I know they play it at uh, at gay strip clubs, because I've heard it there. And I, I will never, not at a gay strip club, but I've heard it at a gay bar before. And they love that song. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never actually been to a gay bar. It was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it was the only place in fucking Pittsburgh that we could find that sold Guinness, and we watched Ellen with the guy for a minute. Aww. And I was like, looking around, and Seth was with me, and I'm like, hmm, okay. And I went into the bathroom, and I came back out, and I'm like, dude, the toilet paper holder is a big rubber dick. And he goes, yeah, I think we're in a gay bar. And the guy at the counter is like, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was fun, you know. But it's like we we kind of left as quickly as we could, as we could because you know who wants to be fucking drinking whiskey at 11.30 in the morning. Oh, Me. Up. I'm you who. Were. <laughs> so, yeah. So why don't you lead us off? All right. Let's hear about this. All right. So. This bad, bad motherfucker, maybe? Bad, bad. Leave all bound. She's a bad I'm bitch. Bad. <laughs> She's a huge bitch. No. Anyway. <laughs> She, like, from the picture you sent me, she is built like a brick shithouse. Like, she was not a small one. Yeah, well, we'll get into how badass this woman is. Like, she could have been a fucking lineman for Clemson or something. She was a big woman. So, I'm going to say this. I would call her a woman. I would never call her a lady. Because I guarantee she would knock your goddamn teeth down Because she was not a lady. She's a woman. I... (laughs) I'm, I'm telling you, I bet you that's what it was. I guarantee. I mean... I ain't never... no lady bitch. I'm a woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. So, for my selection for badass woman of the century or, the, I don't know, something like that. Well, let's call it the week, I guess. Sure, of the <laughs> week. <laughs> I decided to go with Mary Fields, also known as Stagecoach Mary or Black Mary. Because she's African-American. No way. I would have figured it was because she was, like, Chinese or something. Yes. You know? Well, I mean. Or maybe she just, you know, she always wore, like, uh, uh, black gloves or something. Well. I don't know. She eh, eh, could have. You know, in disguise. <laughs> Dude, the only thing she was disguised as was a fucking linebacker. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> she, <laughs> so Mary. Holy shit, is that Lawrence Taylor? No, it's Mary, motherfucker. <laughs> easy, easy. I mean, come on. Come on now. She was nice. I'm not saying she wasn't nice. I'm sure Lawrence Taylor... Well, no, Lawrence Taylor... No. Lawrence Taylor wasn't a nice guy either. Let, let's not uh, Let's not confuse the two. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mary was the first African-American female uh, star route mail carrier in the United States. London Fletcher. Because he seems like he would have been a nice guy. Dude, get off football. <laughs> <laughs> She was born around 1832 in Hickman County, Tennessee. And I say around because no one really knows. She doesn't really know exactly. She never really knew. And honestly. It was just kind of like, because she was born a slave. I was going to say, they weren't really keeping birth records for slaves. They, they no. weren't really keeping birth records for reg- for non-slaves at that point in time either. Well, they, they, Maybe. Kinda, they were. Um, 
And she died in on December 5th, 1914 in Cascade County, Montana. So tell us what she did in between. Well, let me get there. Jesus. <laughs> so like I said, you may have guessed it already, she was born into slavery. Pre-Civil War, it was kind of like nothing at all. After Civil War, she got her freedom. Um, she moved to Mississippi where she worked on a steamboat called Robert E. Lee. And she was a chamberlain. She was a chambermaid. Okay. Uh, she was on board during the boat's race against Steamboat Bill's uh, Natchez in 1870. Like, okay, so they were boat racing, like, up and down the Mississippi? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And she liked to uh, relate her experiencing experience during the race when the crewmen tossed anything that they could get their hands on overboard. Um, like even barrels of resin and sides of ham and bacon. Okay. Um, <laughs> fucking offload. We got to beat this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then in the boiler room, uh, men would uh, set, like do off the relief valves to boost the steam pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, she says, quote, it was so hot up in the cabins that the passengers were forced to take it to the decks. She said, according to an article in the local Cascade Courier in 1914. So she, like, recollected. Re- recollected. Recollected, huh? <laughs> recollected. She recollected this from, you know, previous. She, she told. She, they must have interviewed her and were like, you know, hey, Mary, tell us about, you know, your life and this and that. And More importantly, tell us about that one time on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know you've done some cool stuff, but we really want to hear about that boat. Uh,. She went on to say that she said say that it was expected that the boilers would burst. Yeah, I mean you're building up that much pressure. I could imagine that being an issue. Yeah. You fire one of those things through the fucking deck, it's not gonna make anybody happy. Yeah. It'd be a bad so, time for everybody. So after that, she left being a chambermaid and in eight in the late eighteen seventies she became a housekeeper at the Ursuline con- uh, convent in Toledo, Ohio. Now, while she was there, she became close friends with Mother Adam. Ad, um, I've been looking at this word for the past like four days, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I kind of like, I'm like, okay, this is how it's pronounced, dumbass. <laughs> so, like with Ursuline Convent, is that like just like bears that are nuns? No. No. It sounds like Ursine. No. I was trying to make a joke. No. You imagined a bunch of like fucking like black bears and like nun costumes. That'd be funny as fuck. Getting their paws stuck in beehives and stuff. Oh. No, sister. <laughs> ah. So anyway. Stand of the trash. While she was there, she became friends with Mother M. Dedeos. Um, She said that their relationship stemmed back to days of Mary being a slave on the farm that uh, M. Dedeos' family owned. Okay. Um, this would mean that more than likely a count of them knowing each other other than how and also how Mary got the job because you know hey got an in you know you worked for her family so <laughs> I, you you used to own me maybe you do me a solid get me a job well not necessarily she owned her well by association the family owned her um, Mary was about six feet tall and weighed roughly 200 pounds. But we all know how women get. You know, don't like to give that information out willingly. You know, like, their age. You know, that, that that's a whole lot of women, though. Like, So, I mean... Nowadays, she would have been, like... Probably could have been a fairly successful female professional wrestler. Being well, built like that. How about... We'll just, we'll just leave it, you know, that, that height and the, that weight. We'll leave it right there. Because, okay. you know, I, I don't want to get beat up on uh, Facebook. You son of a bitch. Oh, no, dude. I'm not saying anything <laughs> about that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, she she could have, yeah. Fucking, like, press slamming motherfuckers and stuff. Oh, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, that's all part of the mystery of women, and it's perfectly fine with me because... They're you know, always 25. Forever. They are. Mary was 25 when she was 75. Yeah, she was 20. She was born when she was 25. She was like in her 70s, but she's like, listen, motherfucker, I'm 25. Yes. I'm having my 17th, 25th birthday. Yeah. Okay, cool. I get it. 
I mean, I, I wouldn't have, you know, doubted Mary on her height or her weight because, like I said, I would be afraid to shoot kick my ass. Yeah, you don't you don't challenge her on that. She's going to grab yeah. you by the feet and snap you like a wet towel. So, being that she was a more rugged woman, this allowed her to do the work that most women of the time would consider men's work. Um, she did work that she did that work plus the standard housekeeping uh, work chores at the convent. Mary was known to lose her temper and was pretty quick to yell at anyone who stepped in on the grass after she had cut it. <laughs> Hopefully, it was just yelling and not like throwing fists. Uh, well, I mean, there was uh, the the nuns actually got to because uh, Mary went away and she was gone for a little while and the nuns had to do their like own laundry and I'm sure some they were other thrilled stuff. with that. Well, they actually like really screwed things up bad. And I guess they were like, "Oh, Mary, you're back. Thank you." She came, she came back from vacation to the fucking half the convents just full of suds, like a Brady Bunch episode or some shit. I, 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 I would almost say that, you know, cuz she was like things were just shallow. She didn't look I from what I read it was kind of like, you know, that's her space. That's her stuff. Don't mess yeah. with it. You know? If you don't know how to do the job, don't try. Now, Mary would stay at that convent in Ohio until 1885 when she was asked to relocate to Cascada, uh, Montana, at the request of uh, Amadeus, who, well, you know, being her friend, who had actually relocated herself oh, okay. to help at a uh, another one at this particular convent to help with um, I can't remember what I think it was something to do with like teaching natives or something like that she was she was actually went out there to, to help with teach the Native Americans yeah and, uh, be a be a teacher for them and stuff yeah no she actually no uh, no it's it's not that it's just like Hey, we're gonna help you guys get rid of all of your fucking culture and stuff. No, she actually the missionaries did that a lot. Though. No, this wasn't what she was doing. She actually was teaching them, being a teacher, teacher, like you know, reading, writing, stuff like that. Because she actually um, became, from what I read, you know, this is beside Mary. Was that I guess she had like become, um, like accepted in. Okay, and was really well liked by the by the tribes. Fair enough. Now, um, some accounts believe that uh, Amadeus was dying, and she wanted to have her friend take care of her. So Mary worked out. Oh, Mary left and went to work at the mission, doing maintenance and repair work, as well as gardening and laundry. She also had the responsibility of ferrying in supplies from nearby towns. Um, an account that I found stated that one night she was going along with a uh, with a freight load, and a pack of wolves came along and scared <laughs> her horses, which then made her load overturn. She stayed with the load through the night to Just make sure. fucking smacking the shit out of wolves. <laughs> yeah, she stayed there through the night. Rolled up newspaper in hand, Mary stood her ground. According to the same account where I got the wolves mm-hmm. account from. It said that on another night, there was a bad blizzard, and Mary had got stuck in it. And so she couldn't, you know, she stuck out in the middle of nowhere. So she's like, oh, crap, I can't do anything. So she stayed out there, and she kept moving throughout the whole night, back and forth, protecting her load. Just wouldn't, you know, just going, you know, from one one direction back to the other just to stay warm but also to make sure that nobody you know came along no, and robbed fucking her, her stuff. Or anything. yeah well i mean anybody trying to rob this woman is it gonna like they're gonna need to bring a lunch because yeah. she's gonna pound the piss out of them now a- another account that i found was given by father landsmith yeah there's a chaplain at the nearby fort kehoe who he had visited uh saint peter's which is the convent yeah the convent she was, that, in before. Uh, she was at no okay. that she's Oh, the one, the one she moved to. Okay. Yeah. Um, he came to visit in 1887. He claimed uh, he was charmed by Fields when she insisted on retelling her account of, of her battle with a skunk that had invaded the coop and <laughs> killed more than 60 baby chicks. 
She said she dragged the dead skunk more than a mile to display her trophy to the sisters in visiting chaplain. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the sisters asked her how she avoided getting sprayed by the skunk, she explained that she was careful to make a funnel assault. I looked at it, that motherfucker, and it died. So I didn't have to worry about being sprayed. I scared it to death. She was was loyal to the nuns, but she had a bit of a wild side to her. She would go to bars and get in drink with the men, and it is said that she had a bit of a temper. So much, uh, you know. So with that bit of temper... Kind of one time she sort of kind of maybe possibly got into a gunfight. Dude, okay. I'm going to interrupt you for a quick second. It's super, super weird how many similarities there are between the two women that we picked. Because <laughs> they both had like real bad tempers. They were kind of doing like somewhat the men's work. And they would fucking throw down. They didn't care. Well, so yeah, yeah, it's weird. Well, she she was drinking and she got into a gunfight with the gentleman, as you do, um, because he didn't like the fact that he had to take orders from her, and that she made more than him. Well, sucks to be you, motherfucker. Get a better job. So to me, this sounds like a bit of a. He was a bit of a bigot. And he was pretty much prejudiced. Or, like, for the 1800s, he was a normal dude. True. (laughs) But not for Cascade. Cascade was different. Okay. You know, because from what I've seen, a lot of people actually weren't like that. Like, a lot of people loved, absolutely loved her. Okay, but this, this dude was also drinking. Yeah, so he true. was probably just being a drunk idiot too. And so we they, all do drunk idiot things. They when got we drink. they got into this fight, gunfight, shot rounds. No one got hurt. Oh, I thought you were going to say she shot him in the dick. <laughs> and the bishop of the area got wind of this and wasn't very happy. <laughs> I can't imagine why. And this actually turned out to be the last straw. I'm done. I'm done with this. You know, got to get her out. So, he asked her friend, Mother Amadeus, to fire Mary because of this final act. So, she's like, all right, well, Mary kind of like, got to move on. So, after being fired, she, um, Mother Amadeus helped Mary set up a couple restaurants. And twice during that time of trying to get the restaurant started, Amadeus actually went broke. Oh, shit. Yeah. And another source that I read said that the possib- that the possibility of the failure of the eateries wasn't due to so much, you know, Mary and the cooking or whatever. It was actually because Mary was allowing those who couldn't pay for a meal to eat free. Yep. Being a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Being a good person doesn't make any financial sense most of the time, unfortunately. Now, in 1895, Mother Amadeus once again helped her friend out to get another job. And this job was for the Postal Service <laughs> to contract for mail between Cascade and St. Peter's Mission. Uh, she would have this job for eight years. And she only had one mishap, which was when she was thrown off her stagecoach and had to be nursed back to health by the sisters of the convent. Unfortunately for her, well, for everybody else, the horse that threw her, she punched to death before she passed out. No, she didn't. (laughs) I'm trying to play her up to be more of a badass, man. God, she is a badass. Then she walked into town and Mongo came out on his bowl and she fucking punched him in the chest and knocked him off. It was like, stay there. She would have. So um, a quote that was given, there was a quote that was given by um, an actor named Gary Cooper, which was each day, not missing a one. She made her triumphant entry into the mission, seated on top of the mail coach, dressed in a man's hat and a coat 
and smoking a cigar. During the time Mary was develop, uh, delivering the mail, she was known to carry both, like I said, rifle and a revolver. <laughs> Fields, kind of woman. Fields also tussled with the nuns over her wages. Her, uh, because, you know, you know, she wanted to get paid. Well, I get that. I mean, this behavior would have shocked most white women who expected African Americans to be well behaved and subservient. So she probably would have been like, been like, oh, okay, you know, well, all right, all right, you know. She was like the like the essential like sassy black woman. Yeah, yeah, I like that. In 1903, after retiring from working the stagecoach, she stayed in Cascade and took in washing and ran a laundry service. She also reportedly babysat some of the children and Cascade. Even though she was partially retired and getting older, it did not stop her from going to the bars still. <laughs> While researching this wonderful woman, I found that by order of the mayor, she was the only woman of reputable character and Cascade allowed to drink in the local bar. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. And while she enjoyed the privilege, she never drank to excess. Well, uh, after the fucking gunfight, I would imagine not. Uh, one account of her going to the bar for a drink came from when she was about 70 years old. And this account was while she was having a drink... A man who had refused to pay a bill of $2 for laundry services she had done for him kind of strolled by. <laughs> and I, I like where this is going. Being a very strong-willed woman, she decided to get up from her stool and follow him. And she then tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> and as he turned around, pow. This fucking tiger uppercut. <laughs> One across the chin. Single punch. Knocked him out. Nice. After doing so, she announced that his laundry bill was paid in full. <laughs> you can either pay me or I'm taking that out of your ass. And I just took it out of your ass. You're more than welcome to continue bringing me your wash. Mary was Just remember, I will punch a motherfucker if you don't pay me. <laughs> Mary was so well liked by everyone in the town of Cascade that... When the owner of a local hotel leased it to someone else, he did it on the condition that Mary would eat there for free of charge nice. for the rest of her life. Nice. In 1912, when her laundry burnt down, the people of the town came together and donated their time and money to get lumber to rebuild the laundry. Mary Fields adopted the Cascade baseball team as her own. For each game, she prepared buttonhole bouquets of flowers for each player from her own garden with large bouquets reserved for home run hitters. Nice. Any man speaking ill of the local team in her presence would would ex <laughs> would expect a bouquet of knuckles in his yeah. face. <laughs> she comes up two fingers in the chest. You talking shit, motherfucker? I'm sorry. I, I, I had to get laugh because I was like as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, you don't talk. It's like a kid. You know, the, you know, your kid, you don't talk shit about your kid. Yeah. You know, I'll talk shit about my kid, but don't you dare. Be hungry and making sandwiches. What kind? <laughs> Finger sandwiches. How many? I don't know. I can roll four into one and fucking punch you in the mouth with it, though. Yikes. <clears throat> so, like I said earlier, um, Mary Fields died on December 5th, 1914. Now, this is kind of... A little bit strange, you know, not a lot of people do this, but sensing that she was close to death in 1914 and not wanting to become a burden on her friends, Fields tried to steal away quietly with some blankets to die in, in the tall weeds near her small two-room house. Lester Monroe and his three brothers were playing nearby and they found Fields, who had babysat all of them, lying there in the weeds. She was taken to the Columbus Hospital in Great Falls. When she died a few days later, there was no shortage of pallbearers for the tough but kind black woman who had befriended generations of local children. She was buried in a small cemetery along the roadside 
between Cascade and St. Peter's. I was going to say, when, when you make that kind of an impact on a town, you'd almost have people that would, like, you'd almost have people fighting over, you know, doing anything to help out like that. And she, she was buried on that road because that's the road she traveled so many times during her life. Yeah. So, yes, that is Mary Fields. Just think, though, if she had died in the same time period that she was born, she would have just been thrown in a fucking hole and nobody would have cared. But, you know, I mean, it just kind of just shows that this woman, you know, black woman, touched so many people. And they were like, didn't give a shit about her skin color. Mm-hmm. She was family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for one woman to be cut, touch a whole community and be so light, that's just, that's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. There's not many people. Thanks. There's not many people, you know, out there that you can say have done that. Right. Well, I can say that the woman I'm going to talk about was not necessarily liked. <laughs> but well, okay. We'll get to that on the other side of this break. Okay. We're back. We're back. So, for my half of the episode, we are going to talk about possibly one of the like top two most badass female pirates of all time. Arr. And yeah, I don't think it's any secret. Like, well, maybe I don't know really if I've talked about it. Pirates just happen to be one of my favorite fucking topics throughout history because I like trying to dig into like the real shit that pirates did. Not like the pirates of the Caribbean stuff, but like real fucking pirates, like just weird, dirty fucking dudes out in the water, fucking people up. Yeah. They weren't all dudes, though. No. We're going to talk about Anne Bonny. Anne Bonny was born March 18th in 1697, the bastard daughter of a wealthy lawyer, William uh, William Cormack, and an unnamed maid in his service. She was born in Cork County, Ireland. Now, obviously, Mrs. Cormack wasn't, like, super excited that her cheating son-of-a-bitch husband was, you know being a cheating son of a bitch husband, so she called him out for his shit. She actually took out an article in the Cork County Times, and on the very front page is where she took this whole, almost a full-page article out, calling out her husband for cheating on her and knocking up the the maid. Mm -hmm. This was pretty frowned upon, considering at at that point in time, and pretty much still, Ireland is a predominantly Catholic country, but I think it was more Protestant then. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's like the same semi-value systems where you're not supposed to cheat on your wife or your husband and whatnot. True. Still kind of a sin. Whatever. I, I, whatever. It's not a great thing to do. You shouldn't do it. Right. So for that reason, William uprooted his family and took to the seas headed for Charleston, South Carolina, where he would become involved in the tobacco growing industry that is that is and was very, very profitable in the area. It's still to this day very good money. So she was, she, he was like, ha bitch, we're going to the new world. Yep. Take that one. Write that out. Want that, how, how do you feel about writing that article This is now? what you get for yelling at me for fucking the maiden. We move over there. Yeah. Where it's like. And you don't know anybody. Right. Ha. Yeah. And neither do I. So that's probably the best thing so that I can't fuck around with the help. <laughs> Okay, I I'm sure I will find one. I and we're just gonna fucking bump ugly like. Listen, I might just, get me some of those things called that they're calling over there slaves. I don't know if they went that far. I didn't really. Uh, I didn't read anything about that. Well, I'm just saying. wouldn't be shocked. I'm just <laughs> saying. You know, that's probably what he was thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna hire me some of them. Those those people. Those people that you know. Uh, the country that you know we're you know, from will 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 shortly say that's you know you can't own them anymore. Yeah. I'm going to hire some of those people that like a couple hundred years from now we're going to be treated just as badly as. No big deal. We'll figure it out. I think they still were at the time anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. if you were Irish and had money, they probably didn't give a fuck. But I mean, up until like the they still didn't like the Irish. The like late 1800s, you had signs on businesses, you know, no dogs, no blacks, no Irish. You know, they, well, they weren't. Well, that stemmed still from the old country. They still yeah. didn't like them. Yeah. 
Well, so during what is known as the Golden Age of Piracy, which lasted from 1670 to 1720, Charleston was one of the main um, kind of hubs for pirate captains and crews alike looking for ships to join. Mm-hmm. Some of the most notorious pirates that frequented Char- uh, Charleston were Stead Bonnet, a.k.a. the Gentleman Pirate, and probably, arguably, the best-known pirate of all time, Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard. Yeah, because... Find me a pirate that people would be like, oh, no, he's way more way more noticeable than, than Blackbeard. I don't know. I mean, my brain kind of goes, well, I can think of, you know, Captain Kidd and... Right, but you know. none of them were Blackbeard. Like, that motherfucker used to board ships with, like, smoking fuses, like, tied into his beard to scare people. He didn't fuck around. He was crazy. Well, but he was actually really smart, though. Oh, no, he was smart, but he was fucking crazy. Like, he played both sides of the spectrum, too. He got the battle madness, you know, and he's just like, I'm going to kill everybody except the treasure because I want the treasure, so I can't kill the treasure. But he didn't start off as being. No, he started off in the Navy. And then he was just like, I can make more money stealing this shit. Yeah, he, <laughs> Which is how most pirates start off. True. I mean, as a private, you know, pirateer, I mean, you know. Hey. So I, I did have to kind of like go into a little bit of pirate history here because I thought it was super interesting. Like as I was reading, I was finding all this other stuff out. So Teach and Bonnet had a really interesting kind of dynamic friendship. Um, they, unlike most pirate captains where they would have kind of bickered and not wanted to be around each other. They kind of looked at each other as allies. And on one occasion, uh, Bonnet was actually recovering in Charleston from some injuries that he had accrued trying to board a British ship. So while he's in bed, (laughs) he sends somebody like, go find me Blackbeard. He comes back. He's like, Hey buddy, what's up? And Bonnet's like, um, why don't you take my crew and my ship and add them to your fleet until I'm back up and running. It was like, okay, cool. And then as soon as Bonnet was like back to 100%, like I'm ready to go back out pirating, Blackbeard's like, okay, here's your stuff. Have fun. We'll see you on, we'll see you on the road, buddy. <laughs> you know, they're like pulled up on each other with like, you know, they get the, the monocular and they're like, oh no shit, that's Bonnet. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Waving at each other like miles through the fucking ocean. So, let's get back to Anne. So, when she was 14, she took over as the primary housekeeper for her father's estate. Um, Anne was pretty fucking wild, like, right from, basically right from the get-go. Like, she was mm. a wild child right from the right from the, the, the jump. One day, she gets into an argument with another one of the maids. And uh, apparently this maid didn't know who she was fucking with. So, after some name-calling and shoving... And shivved her in the stomach with a steak knife. Ooh. <laughs> She's like, bitch, don't start. Ooh. So again, maybe, you know, let's maybe not mess with the potentially mentally unstable girl. Not a smart idea. I did it for years. Around a year or so later, some guy out in public fucked up. He decided he was going to make a pass at her. When she's like, nah, said she's, you know, basically said, I'm not interested. Uh-huh. He gets physical and tries to rape her. Ooh. So not, not a good move. Not a good move at if all. If she stabbed the help, what is she going to do? <laughs> I'm thinking cutting his balls off. No. <laughs> Damn. All right. So as they struggled, Anne finds what's called a belaying pin. I've, oh, I've Which is a big, long wooden pin, basically, that they use on ships. Like, where you, if you look at the rails on the tops of, like, old ships... That holes in them. So what you do is you drive your belaying pin down in, and you'd have like your tie-offs for your your mast sails and stuff like that. That would go around a belaying pin. Yeah. So it's a pretty hefty piece of wood. It's, you know, roughly like anywhere between twelve to twenty inches long, uh-huh. and built almost like a like a lopsided rolling pin where it's like all fat on one end, all handle on the other. Because it has to be to to, to withstand the weight. Right. So, belaying pin in hand, she beats three shades of shit out of this guy until he was unconscious. Not one to leave a job unfinished, young Anne continued beating this dude until he was unrecognizable and spent months in the hospital to recover. (laughs) She pounded the shit out of this guy. Well. But, I mean, 
honestly, he tried to rape her. Probably lucky to still be alive. Does he deserve it? Yes. Absolutely, he does. I mean, like, all the accounts that I could find of her, she wasn't, like, a real big woman, but she was just, like, a fiery redhead. And we all know every redhead I know is fucking crazy. So when she's 16 years old, she meets a pirate by the name of James Bonney. And literally the only thing I could find about James Bonney, like the only thing he's known for is the fact that he married Anne and she took his last name. Okay. So one of the few, this is like one of the few times in history that a man would be completely overshadowed by his wife's fame and importance kind of like in the the grand scheme of of history. So, the happy couple moves to the equivalent of what would be Pirate Las Vegas, which is Nassau Island in the Bahamas. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, Nassau, which is now a frequent stop for cruise ships full of tourists, had a much different feel to it in the 1700s. The most famous pirate to ever really call Nassau home, like basically permanently, was Henry Avery. And his stories of plunder and piracy actually reached the ears of a very young boy in Bristol, England, and would later inspire him to join the career of piracy. And that little boy would grow up to be Blackbeard. So it's all kind of tied in here. Like, okay, I fucking love pirates. It's just interesting. It's true crime and history and just all kinds of weird drunk bullshit all smashed into one. And I love it. So things things went well for a bit with Anne and James, but she didn't really fit in with the locals in Nassau because it was it was it was a British colony. It was very kind of hoity toity, you know. We're yeah. fucking pinkies up and shit while we walk down the streets. And she also just hated the fact that she was expected to be a homemaker. She didn't really. Like, everything I found, she doesn't really strike me as the stay-at-home mom kind of type. Like, uh-huh. she wanted to get out and do yeah. shit. So, <laughs> this is really funny. There's a story of her uh, being invited to a fancy ball with, like, all these, like, high-society types in the area. While she's at the ball, she's introduced to the governor of Jamaica's sister-in-law. Anne really didn't like her from the start, like, because Anne was kind of... She was a little rough around the edges, you know, and this other woman's all fucking prim and proper. And yeah. I've got my ball gown. Yep. So <laughs> I could just see her. Uh, Anne's probably like, oh, my God, this fucking thing. Dude. OK, Ugh. I'm not going to lie to you. All I could think of is Calamity Jane with an Irish accent. <laughs> I don't want to wear no fucking dress. <laughs> This goddamn thing. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Jesus. I take my fucking shoes off. Oh, um, I, I can't breathe. Oh, so, my goodness. So the governor's sister-in-law made a, you know, made a comment to Anne about how she was dressed and basically told her, you don't look like you belong here because your dress isn't as nice as mine, this, that, the other. That so, just pissed her off. So Anne, being a classy broad, took the higher road and turned the other cheek. Oh, yeah, whatever. That's a lie. She popped that bitch in the mouth and, <laughs> mouth and dropped her in the middle of the dance floor. As the woman <laughs> sat on the floor holding her bleeding mouth and the four teeth that Anne knocked out, Anne was very politely asked to leave. And she left. And she wasn't actually, believe it or not, was not invited to the next, like, fancy party when it was thrown. No shit. I know. It's like fucking like life of the party. If you just left her alone, she's going to get drunk and fucking start singing Irish tunes. Just doing the jig. I don't give a fuck about the jig. Just let her sing. You know, it's probably going to be entertaining, right? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to, you know, have a, I mean, who doesn't want a party that ends in a fight or something or, you know, has a fight involved somewhere. I mean, I know it's stereotypical for the Irish to get drunk and fight, but I kind of want to hang out with the Irish just to watch them get drunk and fight. <laughs> and I know we have Irish listeners, and I don't think any of you are alcoholics on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's genetic. I understand this. It's in our DNA. I Come have the same problem. <laughs> I 
am genetically an alcoholic from both sides of my family. I'm not going to say that there's possibility that me being this mutt that I am. Oh, yeah. And every but you got like a Central European mutt thing going where you guys drink no. like warm beer and stuff. No, I don't. Hey, Germans. Dude, it's, it's like a partial side of my family. The rest of my family is fucking either. It's all of all of Great Britain. And I mean all of the islands. Yeah. It's my island. Well, guess what? They're all mine. <laughs> so another reason she was starting to get tired of the island is that uh, James kind of turned into a rat and started selling out his fellow privateers to governor to the governor for cash. Ooh. This didn't fly with Anne. No. She didn't want to be married to a fucking man who was going to sell out his fellow pirates. Yeah. So she began looking for other opportunities. And one day, Anne would actually meet that opportunity in a man by the name of Calico Jack Rackham, who in his own right, fairly well-known pirate. I've heard of Calico Jack. At the time she met him, he wasn't really known for much other than the fact that he was... Basically, the only thing he was well-known for was like when he'd come into shore, he'd be like... That dude's got some really bright clothes on. Like, he was wearing, like, yellow and red and purples and shit like this. He was a fancy bitch. They, they used the term flamboyant, and I was like, eh. I would say a fancy man. He's a fancy man. I get that. Once in a while, you gotta be a fancy man. But flamboyant works. Right. Because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're atypical. Right. You know, you're, you're above and beyond. The other thing... He was known for was his uh, his ship, which was named the Revenge, which is badass. Bah, bah, bah. He would la- uh, so as his legend kind of grew, he would later be known for having a sword arm that would not quit, and he would gain an appreciation for setting ships and sailors alike on fucking fire and leaving them to die in the deep dark sea. Like we're You'd talking be going down to Davy Jones' locker. We're talking <laughs> setting motherfuckers on fire and kicking them off the plank. Okay. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> well, somebody didn't get hugged enough as a kid. <laughs> if he didn't be trying to steal his gold. But I mean, you could just set the ship on fire and kill these guys. But he's like, you know, I kind of like the color when they're burning. Yeah. I, I, I hate the there's whole... something about people on fire that just strangely makes me hard. <laughs> I dig it. Set him on fire. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. One more. One more. Okay. All right. That's good. Let's just kill the rest of them. I, yeah. I hate that. I, I bet you, if the pirates actually like heard, you know how, you know, like some of the pirates get, you know, their their voices are, you know, the the whole horror matey. You know where that you know, came from, right? You know, that's yeah. fucking Errol Flynn. Everything before that, like pirates were basically like English accents, and that he was like, I'm gonna just take it and run, and now. All pirates talk like that. It's like they were basically just... They were English dudes. That's what they would talk like. Some were. Some were Spanish. Some were Spanish. Some were even Chinese. Yeah, you gotta watch out for those. Those guys were the fucking... You know. No, the ones you really wanted to watch out for, believe it or not, were the fucking French. Well... That was back when the French were badass. They weren't surrendering and shit. No, no, no. You know... So Anne and Jack actually met at a tavern one night and were almost immediately drawn to each other. So much so that not long after meeting, she fucks off the island with him on the revenge, leaving her shitbag rat husband behind in the ocean spray. Now, one thing pirate movies definitely get right is that the dudes really didn't like having women on board the ship. They thought it was... It'd be bad luck. Yes, it was an omen. It was like a sign of like. Well, I don't think I don't. If I remember right, I'd hearing, um, no. It was it was just an old uh like an old ship tale like right you know a sailor's tale unless you were a transportation ship where you had to obviously transport yeah. people yeah but it wasn't like beyond that it, you right know, if you were a sailor good. if you were like a merchant sailor you did not put women on board. Merchant sailors, navy sailors, anything like Look that. At, didn't happen. They have still it. don't put women on submarines, and maybe they yes, started they recently, they very do. recently. But it's like, well, they, they probably didn't want them on destroyers. Or well, anything you got like a that bunch of horny dudes stuck in a soda can with one chick. Well, I mean, what's gonna happen? Right. 
she's gonna start twisting dicks like Indian sunbirds. <laughs> yeah. I hope that sucks. <laughs> I have a dick, so I can't tell you what it feels like to get it twisted in half. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> so obviously Anne was most likely warned about like this. Hey, so we kind of don't like girls on here. So she dressed herself as a man and joins the crew. I figured. I'm kind of wondering how long it took some of the other crew members to be like, hey, why does that one guy keep going to the captain's chambers every night? I wonder if they're planning something. Maybe she's like a navigator. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go back to picking my nose and shit. It's like, you know, I, I thought I heard him arguing and the, there was a bunch of yelling and stuff, but I don't know what's going on. I'm just a simple man with a wooden leg and a wooden dick. No. That'd be funny, though. No, no. <laughs> you tip over, just like, boop, catch it like a kickstand. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah, that would, I mean, but they didn't, they didn't question it, though. They didn't question it because her disguise was good. No, they didn't question it because that's the captain. Well, the captain wants And he will fucking light you on fire. We know this now. You know, maybe he's like, like Smee, you know. Smee lived, you know, slept in the captain's quarters. You know, him and Hook didn't have a thing going on, but, you know. Are you sure? I don't know. You don't question the captain. No, because, he again, he would have set you the fuck on fire. Well, captain was judge, jury, executioner. Yeah. You know, captain's rules, captain's boat, you know, did as the captain says. Yeah. So she's got this disguise. Yeah. Sorry. So she's got this really, like, oh, awesome, like, again. fucking great dude disguise. And she... She's proven herself as part of the crew. She's, you know, helping with, like, daily ship duties, like uh uh, running riggings, cleaning the deck to keep hazards from, you know, possibly knocking somebody overboard, this, that, the other. I mean, she would even, like, got to the point where she was even boarding ships with the boys, like, cutlass and pistol in hand. Um, And another thing that pirate movies usually don't get right is you always see, like, they got a sword and a pistol. That's bullshit. Because they had a sword and, like, bare minimum, usually three to six pistols. Because this was back when it took, like, 45 seconds to reload. Well, it, it's not that they don't get them right. It's just... It's a, it's a they don't detail have, they ignore. They don't have enough right. on them. Right. Because you see some pirate movies, they have more than one pistol. Yeah, they got, like, one or them. two. It's like, you're not a fucking cowboy. These motherfuckers were, like, strapped to the teeth. Because, again, it like it took fucking, like, 45 seconds to a minute to reload. And fuck that. Because the chances of you having to, like, if you stop to reload and, like, catching a boarding axe in the teeth or getting your fucking hands cut off with a cutlass were pretty high. Like, well, I figure once you fire the pistol, it's going to, you know, because, I mean, even if you have to do another one, you're still, you still have to, at that time, you still have to... Do the wad and, the, no. and all that. They would go in preloaded. So all they would have to do is pull up, bam, back in the belt, grab another one, bam, back in the belt until they ran out. And then they're like, okay, well, hmm. I guess I get to stab people. So after a few months of swashbuckling and doing other assorted hard-ass pirate stuff, some of the f- someone in the crew finally caught onto the fact that, yar, there be titties under there. <laughs> and uh, some of the guys were like, we need to get rid of her because she's a her and she's on our boat. And Calico Jack's just like, mm, I'd probably get rid of some of you before I got rid of her because she's a badass. Yeah. Some of you guys are like dead weight, so we maybe don't want to have this conversation because I've been horny for fire lately. And he just like kind of like very like <laughs> like folds his hands together and is like, who wants to make me horny for fire? Because I will light all of you on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So he's basically like, no, fuck you. She stays. And like some of the guys even still tried to take it upon themselves to be like, okay, he's not looking grabber. And I'm just kind of curious how many like scrotums got kicked into chest cavities before they were finally like, she stays. Something pretty interesting is that after she was found out to be a woman, she was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to go back to wearing my lady clothes on the boat because they're more comfortable I got ballroom, <laughs> you know, but then when they would like broadside a ship and like, if they saw a ship like off in the distance, she's like, okay, two minutes. And she'd run into the captain's chambers, get changed, come back out in her fucking dude suit. What? Yeah. <laughs> she ran into a fucking phone booth. She came back out. <laughs> two minutes. 
two million seconds later. Yeah. Because, I mean, the last thing you really want to do is get blood and brain matter all over your nice dress because it's not ladylike. Well, of course not. Yeah. I mean... I mean, she wasn't. She was lady. I mean, she wasn't ladylike either. But getting shit on your dress is not ladylike. It's just, it's frowned upon. There is certain limits to how far she will go in her dress. You know, I mean, you 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 gotta you know take care of. She's like, listen, this is my comfy dress, and I'm not getting stuff on it. Anybody gets anything on this, and I will eat your balls. And not in a fun way. We're gonna fuck. All right. Hold on. Oh, no, dude. No, she would have seen a boat and been like, ooh, okay, let me go get my pants on. <laughs> it's just like fucking run to the captain's chambers and like come back out like, all right, dude, let's do this. Like, fuck happened to your voice? Oh, it just happens. So as her adventures on the open sea continued, something really, really strange happened. Like more strange than having a female pirate on board happened. She grew a penis. No. Damn. All right. At port one day. No one's really sure where. It was somewhere in the Bahamas, but they don't really know exactly which island they were on. Another hardcore badass bitch joins the ranks of the Revenge. Her name is Mary Reed. She joined the crew as Mark Reed because she didn't really realize the kind of crew that she was joining up with where they're just like reluctantly like, yeah, okay. Because, I mean, the last one beat the shit out of us, so. Fucking welcome aboard. (laughs) So Mary was born in England sometime in 1685. And she'd been doing this whole dressing like a boy thing for a lot longer than Anne had. Because Mary's mother actually used to dress her as a boy after her father died. So that Mary would get the inheritance instead of it going to the church or wherever else it would go. Yeah. So she was basically Mark for a very long time until they left England. And she's like, okay, I can put my hair down now. Yes, we got all that money. So she was like a fucking dirtbag crook, like right from the get go. Well, I mean, it's not technically not dirtbag crook, because I mean. At the know, time, it would have made her a crook. Because inheritance sure. couldn't. couldn't Wasn't supposed to pass to a woman. Right. Including a wife, which is kind of fucked up, but. Yeah. It that's is. why we're not English, though. They don't do that anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, they kind of like. Because. There were women that were like, no, fuck you. This it, is my shit. It wasn't until we got on board boats and we're like, hey, let's go over there. And we butt fucked the English in the streets during the Civil War. What? My history might be off. <laughs> so anyway, with Anne and Mary on board, the crew found even more success than they had before, like, at any point in time. Uh-huh. They're like, okay, well, maybe... Two girls is better than having one girl because now we're like kicking ass. We're getting all kinds of loot. He's gonna say booty, but there's only two girls, so you can't get all kinds of booty, even though it's pirate. Yes, word for treasure. I gotcha. Not sexist. Whatever. Fuck off. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, big guy. <laughs> so they're out boarding ships and looting and burning shit down and just hauling in crates of gold and fucking Spanish doubloons and shit and gemstones. Unfortunately, the fun would kind of come to an end in October of 1720. The Revenge captured a Spanish galleon that was just heavy with gold and gemstones. They offloaded everything from the galleon onto the Revenge and fucking partied. Hard. Like, hard partying for pirates hard. Uh-huh. Like, nobody's gonna remember this hard. A lot more drinking. And yeah, like, like enough to be like, hey, we could actually float the fucking boat in the amount of alcohol we've consumed. Yeah. Drinking. So as they sat below decks, just paralytic drunk, a frigate loaded down with British Marines rolls up on them. So the Brits, the Brits start boarding the ship, but they notice there's nobody above deck, so they're being very, very quiet about it. So Anne, Anne and Mary kind of go up topside and they were the only two like they were drunk but they weren't that drunk like these girls could hold their liquor yep so they get up top and there's just like british marines all over the place and they're like huh that's cool and just start fucking firing on these guys all the gunfire would actually draw the rest of the crew up and as soon as the rest of the crew saw how many marines were on board the ship already they surrendered and Anne's like, 
I don't fucking think so. And she turns and starts shooting her own guys because she's pissed that they surrendered. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. The Royal Marines must have been like, what the fuck yeah, is like, she doing? Like, So it, it gets better because they captured her after she fired all of her guns. And they're trying to like, like two guys are trying to detain her and she fights these fucking dudes off. Like she hulks out, grabs their pistols and keeps shooting her own fucking guys. (laughs) (laughs) You fuckers. It's like, fuck, fuck shooting the Marines. These motherfuckers are supposed to have my back and they don't fuck you. They're like, they're done. (laughs) Now the Royal Marines are like, like, uh, we need to get her a red coat immediately. The lieutenant's like, like. Put your guns away! Yeah. Don't let her get them! <laughs> Fucking, if you got guns, run, because this bitch gonna steal them and kill her own dudes. Lieutenant, get back on the... <laughs> Boatswain, more guns! So, so once they meet, uh, once they reach the mainland, um, they offload the entire crew into prison cells in Charleston. And uh, they were almost immediately sentenced to be, to be hung. So, when... The day finally comes for everybody to make their walk to the gallows. One of the guards comes to Anne's cell, unlocks it, and kind of pulls her out. She's like, I'm pregnant. I've got, I'm carrying Calico Jack's child. I'm pregnant. So they're like, we can't justify hanging a pregnant woman. So True. be gone with you. Fly, be free. So on her way out, she stops at Calico Jack's cell and has a little conversation with him through the bars. She said, and I fucking quote, I'm sorry, Jack, but if you'd fought like a man, you would not be about to die like a dog. And she turned and walked the fuck out. (laughs) That was it. Was she actually pregnant? No, she was not. (laughs) I would say probably not. She lied about the whole thing. But are you going to, you know... You want to take that chance? Yeah. I mean... You're going to kill a fetus and, you know... It's like, you got a 50% chance that she's not pregnant. Is that a good enough chance to be like, she swings? Yes. No. Sudden drop for her. Let's go. We're going to stick her in a fucking cage out above the thing. No, not not a good luck to be killing pregnant women. She's a witch! I'm not a witch. Sea witch? (laughs) Doesn't fly. Fuck. Okay. Be gone. Um... So another thing, like some other things that I'd read was that there's some stories that she remarried and like gave up the pirate life and like gave birth to something like nine kids. That's unconfirmed. It's possible. Not Um, unheard of. I mean, right. You know, but I mean, in that one that says that she died like at the age of 80, which was like, that's a pretty good fucking run for the 1700s. That is. And some of the other stuff that I read also unconfirmed was that her and Mary were friends, like uh-huh. real good friends, like in the biblical sense, friends. Uh-huh. Um, again, completely unconfirmed. But honestly, I don't know how much of that story I might buy. I mean, I don't care if she was whatever. I don't care. I don't know how much how it's, how true it is. Because a lot of the stuff I read was like, like, she was a gay pirate, you know, gay pride pirates. And I'm like, are we like just throwing modern sensibility at history here? Or, I mean, I know, yeah, there was some, some stories of, you know, pirates actually being gay and stuff occasionally. But I don't know if it was more like, if there was any truth to it or if we were just like, she's, she was gay because we said she's gay. In 2017 or whatever. Yeah. Like, again, you can't really throw modern shit at history and expect it to stick and make sense. Because back then, I mean, even if you were gay, you didn't announce No, God, no. No, you died fucking tragically, like, sad and lonely. Well, no, it's just you hit hit it or you, like, moved to where no one could find you. Yeah, except for that one dude that you you wanted to find you. Well, I mean... Yeah, but I mean that's that's just how it went because they there was no acceptance of of people who were, were no. gay. So no, you know. So with all that being said, Anne Bonnie will go down in history as one of the most badass, feared, and respected female pirates of all time. There are a few others, but Anne was kind of in a league of her own. Yeah, 
I mean, you would have had like another Irish female pirate, Grace O'Malley. But she wasn't Anne. Anne Bonnie was a fucking badass. Like, plain and simple, no argument to be had there. Yeah. She did not fuck around. And I think it's really interesting how similar our two that we picked were without really knowing what the other one was doing. (laughs) Because it's like, neither one of them took shit from nobody. Uh Uh-huh. If they got into an argument, they're going to fuck you up. Like, one way or the other, if they have to grab something and beat your ass with it, they're going to. Yeah. Or, you know. And both very highly respected in a time where women weren't expected to be doing what these women were. And, and they both wanted to be have their independence. Right. They, they highly coveted independence. Yeah. yeah. It's like Anne straight up left her husband was like, fuck you, I found this dude instead. And then when like it was convenient for her to be like, no, you're a fucking pussy, I'm out. And she left him too. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Fucking die, coward. I mean, Mary... Uh... As far as I never found anything that says that she got married. Yeah, I mean, never had any kids, never did anything because I think it was just because she was just, you know, so devoted to what she was doing. Right, public service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the kids of the of the community were her kids. Exactly. Yep. Maybe it was because she couldn't have them. I don't know. Didn't never nothing was set mentioned about it. I or I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of an intimidation factor there for men too to be like, oh, that's a lot of women, dude. Like, because a lot of guys didn't want to marry a woman that like was so strong willed. If they got out of line, you couldn't smack them around without them being like motherfucker and have her throw you through a window or something. <laughs> she would have put your ass through a wall, been like, John, sit the fuck down. We're not done having this conversation yet. You raise your hand to me again, and I'll take it off. <laughs> Yes, Mary. <laughs> Did you? He comes into work like with fucking eye patch on, be like, John, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Did your wife beat you again, John? No, no. I ran into a wall. Yeah, I, I ran into a doorknob. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have been talking back. <laughs> Mary, you've got to stop doing that to me. They're starting to figure it out. Yeah, fuck Damn. you. Well, if that's you my would, ass, I'll beat it if I want. If you hadn't walked across my goddamn yeah. yard, I very after. specifically asked you not to. Walk I, across the grass politely. I told, I told you, use the path. Yeah. And what'd you do? You walked right across it. We have stepping stones for a reason. We don't have stepping grass, do we? We have stepping stones. Step on the stones or I break your feet. <laughs> Snap. Yeah. Fucking just throwing dudes into houses and shit. I could just, I, I, I could just imagine, you know, the whole, you know, her following that guy and was like, yeah, okay. Tap, tap. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Boom! It's <laughs> fucking one shot, just like... Yeah. You know, she probably, she probably was like like a little nod to the head. Take that, you <laughs> son of a... And walked away. We're even. <laughs> and Le- it, leaves her fucking business card, be like, in case you need your stuff washed, I get that blood out. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and then to come back into the, the bar, be like, his tab is filled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying his drink, too, by the way. <laughs> and fucking, dude, fucking, like, Anne would just stab people. She didn't give a shit. Like, again, wasn't as big as Mary, but probably, like, had, <laughs> had some undiagnosed, like, anger issues. Wow. I mean, again, the Irish, but whatever. Redhead. I mean, no offense, but the Irish are known for their temper. You know? There's a reason that I've met people that are Irish and Italian mixed, they're the last people I want to make mad because holy Jesus, they get real fucking mad real fucking quick and it's scary. But anyway, yeah, that's what we got for this week. So this is definitely one of those episodes that you want to listen to by yourself or you might want to share with others. Buy some badass girl that you know, a pair of headphones. Exactly. Buy the, that badass woman a pair of headphones or earbuds and... You know where you can go? Go over studio.com to buy those. Or if you want to share it with the whole class, you can go get the Femtio. The, Femtio. the Bluetooth speaker, which yeah. is fucking awesome. And so then you put you know whatever you want in your basket, go to checkout, and put the promo code of DarkWindows15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. Yes. But if you forget to wear darkwindowspod.com. So bitch, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Go over to darkwindowspod.com. You can find links to all of our stuff, including 
uh, links to our sponsor studio, links to our Age of Radio page where you can go find every episode of this bullshit we've ever put up. You can also find other awesome shows over there like Mysterious Circumstances, Color Me Dead, True Crime Trucker. We got something for everybody. We got sports. We got true crime. We got all kinds of weird Self, stuff. Self help. Every everybody. We got you got shit for everybody. We got business stuff on there. Exactly. We also have a link to our Patreon, and a link to our Threadless shop there too. Yes. So again, darkwindowspod.com is where you want to go for that. Yeah. We're also on the we're on the Facebook. Yep. We have links to that on there too. So I mean, you know, you'll see me. I'm um, Kevin Hire. FB and IG baby. Whatever. Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's, he's I'm Kevin, Kevin Carlton. And we're also, like I said, you know, on there. We're on Instagram. We're Dark Windows Pod. We're on Twitter, Dark Windows Pod. Slightly. Slightly. <laughs> uh, email is darkwindowspod. Dot, no, I'm sorry. Our email is darkwindowspod at gmail.com. We have a link to that on our website as well. But you know, yeah. just wanted to let you all know about that. I, I can I can see this happening again in the future. Yeah, yeah. I would I would like to do another badass women episode because there's I, a I lot of badass women. I so want to do one. Yeah, I'm all for it. So anyway, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Bill is paid in full. Goodbye. <laughs>